0: I was um, preparing this and my sermon kept growing, so I decided to not do the PowerPoint because I might have to chop out a big section right in the middle, so I didn't want to get into all the trying to flip around to find it and add to our fun in the morning. So, <clears throat> so we're just going to go old school, if you don't mind. We have a problem with lists. I have a problem with lists. Um, I like them. Uh, the problem with lists is that we get attached to our lists and um, we get official lists uh, this is this is the the official way to do things and it doesn't matter uh, so I found with my list it doesn't matter what list you have it constantly needs updating uh, and, and I have a lot of lists of things to do. Uh, I have lists of on my house specifically and I have them arranged by types of projects like I have like things that I can knock off in like twenty minutes. And I have things that are gonna take most of a day, and then I think things that are gonna we're gonna be in a week and then there's the big ones. Now I got most of my big ones done. I've got like two left on my big, big, big ones. Uh and that's exciting because uh it's twenty twenty three and that was supposed to be done in twenty seventeen. <laughs> and uh so uh now as I say, there's, there's been a lot of updating to that list. There's things that are constantly getting put, especially in that 15-minute to one-day category that's constant new arrivals on the list. We, we need to, But imagine if I said, no, listen, we bought the house, this was my list, and I'm done. Right? But that would be ridiculous. I, I, we would all recognize that, especially one person in particular would recognize that that was a, 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 a ridiculous idea that I could possibly come up with the official list. But we like our official list. We get used to them. Uh, uh, craft room organization, right? So so ladies might be, I, I was uh, trying to take some stuff off of, the, of Katie's plate. Uh, she got a job at uh, uh, Healing Hearts. And then one of the things that they they have is this craft room for kids' crafts. and. So I said, "Well, I'm just going to walk downstairs and look at ours and, and I'll put a, a list of you know stuff they they should they should have get whatever because we've got a pretty good craft room down there, uh, and it's got all these boxes, and someone I assume Marie went through and, and put all these things in these nice containers there were Amy one of the two all these little labels on everything if I'm giving credit to the wrong person, I do apologize uh, but uh, but it's so wonderfully organized and alphabetical, and I can go down and just, like, these are the things you need to imagine. If you're going to put together a craft, this is, again, a silly illustration, but we need a craft. And, and someone said, well, we don't have whatever. Uh, like there's 800 boxes down there. I, I can't imagine something not being in that room, but I'm sure that there is. You go, listen, we only do crafts from the craft box. Well, that would be silly, right? Like, someone go to the dollar store. Someone go here, someone go there. Someone go to Michael. Someone go and get some of this. We need this. Okay, right? We would do that because we would recognize that lists are compiled by humans, and humans forget some things that are really important to the list. And that is the repercussion of the list mentality, that, that, that there are lists that we love And we have religious lists, and those mistakes have more significant consequences than having to make an emergency run to your nearest craft supply. Soon people were voting on church doctrines because we need an official list, and so this is the official list of important things that the church is. You go to any church website, except ours, and say... (laughs) because I I, I, I I know the list mentality and I love that I want this is the things we believe every church has that what we believe and and, and so we're going to get the list of things that we believe well I believe a lot more than like five or six things well these are the important ones right and, and that's what we do and there's a we' we've got we've, we've got the 15 minute list. That these are the things that are right it's the same version. It's, 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 this is the really important stuff. These are the big, these are the big doctrines. These are the little doctrines. I can take care of these. These are pretty easy because of our list mentality. And in lists, in doing this, we end up hurting ourselves. We begin itemizing and cataloging. And, and we do this in worship. We, we come up with lists. This is the, the list of worship. This is what worship is. And we, we catalog. And we, we open up this box. Okay, now it's time for this box. And, and, and we do this with worship. It, it's, it's the list mentality. Well, <clears throat> we're going to talk about unused worship today. Unused worship, that's a weird idea. It used to be I don't think we have it anymore, Uh, just as technology has really gone fast. I don't know, some of you remember your rollover minutes? Is that kind of an old concept? Rollover minutes, wow. That was a big deal. You could roll it over one, couldn't roll it over two. right? Uh, It just got lost in the atmosphere somewhere. Where did it go? I don't know. Same, same place that all those tenths of a cent when you go to the gas station are. I don't, I don't know where those are. But, um, or hundreds of a cent, I should say. But uh, we're going to talk about a valuable expression of worship that we have access to, that, that God speaks quite a bit about. But it's not on the list. For some reason, it's not on the list. I don't know how I didn't make the list of important things. Luke chapter 2, verse 37, is where we're going to start. Luke chapter 2, verse 37. There was a widow, 84 years, and she didn't leave the temple. She served God day and night. Remember that word service, which is the word worship? That's the word. With fasting and prayer. Oh, we like the prayer one. Let's open up with a prayer. Prayer is on our list. That other one is not on the list. I've seen lots of lists. That one doesn't make the cut for some reason. I'm not sure why. That doesn't make the list. I don't want to boil this down to a formula, but this is worship. It says so right here. And it is treated as such in the Scriptures. Matthew chapter 6. We're going to read a couple of passages from uh, from the Sermon on the Mount here. Matthew chapter 6. And uh, I want you to notice, I'm going to just skip around, I'm not going to read the whole section, because as I say, we'll, we'll be here all day if we read all the verses on this. But, but I want you to notice the way that it is treated similarly. So let's start, start in verse 1, he says, Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them, otherwise you'll have no reward with your Father in heaven. Uh, When you give to the poor, don't sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites in the synagogue do on the streets and be applauded. So what is he talking about? He's talking about giving, giving on the list. Although it was a close. So I heard the vote and it was close. It almost didn't make the list. But giving, worship, what does he say? Make sure not to do that in, in a way that brings honor to yourself. Let's get down to verse 5. He says, when you pray, definitely on the list, as I said. When you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites because they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners and be seen by people. Truly, I say to you that they have their reward. Treated the same exact way, isn't it? It's a form of worship. We recognize it's a form of worship. And he says, listen, when you do this form of worship, don't do it to be seen by men. Okay. So far, so good. Now let's jump down. He goes through the Lord's Prayer, and he expounds on prayer because everybody knows this is on the list, so he gives them some ideas about the list. Uh, and then we, he jumps down to verse 16. He says, When you fast, don't be gloomy like the hypocrites. They love to make their faces unattractive so that their fasting is obvious to people. Truly, I tell you, they have their reward. When you fast, put, on your, uh, uh, put oil on your head, uh, wash your face so your fasting is not obvious to others, but your Father who is in secret uh, sees and your, um he will reward you. And so we see that it's treated the same way. Do this in private. It's a form of worship. It is no less than prayer. It's no less than giving. It is a form of worship. And it's not on anybody's list. Let me talk about how that might have occurred. But I want to bring your attention to something and then we just skip right over this. And it's the first word in verse 16. Did you you see that word? What's the word? When? Who? Who? He didn't say if. If you fast, just you might want to sometime in your life fast. When? You fast, it's expected. It's expected. Prayer is expected. Giving is expected. Fasting is expected. It's assumed. Maybe I should say that. It's assumed. Just assumed. It's a when, it's not a if. I remember going to a salad bar. Remember all-you-can-eat buffets when I was a kid. It was, it was great. And you remember what they had all around the nice dishes? Everybody know what that was? Fillers. What? Fillers. No, no, no. I mean the the nice dish. They had the nice dishes, and they had it was like ice. I used to build a buffet, so I know what was on it. What is all that stuff around there? Remember what that was? Garnish? Do you know what? Garnish. What what was it? Kale! Kale. Who knew that it was edible in the 80s? In the 80s, it was what went around the salad bar. And then at the end of the day, we threw it away. And then people started putting in smoothies, and people started eating it. I'm like, what are you doing eating the salad bar? (laughs) Oh, wait a minute. It's a salad bar. God doesn't treat fasting like kale. It's not like it's not like this side garnish that's just like there for decoration, but really we're just all about the prayer and the giving and the singing and the sermon. And it, no, this is a this is an essential part. This is like a part of the main dish part. There's a little nutrition in here. You might want to try the garnish. It's good for you. He naturally expects that people who want to get close to him, that's our theme for the year, are going to do so. And one of the ways that they're going to do so is through fasting. We're going to talk about why. Uh, we're doing good. So I'm going to, that cutout section is now in. We're going to opt in here. I want to talk about just just a couple of how tos? I, I don't want to boil this down to a formula, and, I, and I'm not going to do a scripture hunt here. Just a, a couple of scriptures, but uh, if you're interested in in the formula, what you find is there's not one. Uh, scheduling. Let's talk about scheduling fast because no, because we, we read this verse about but this woman was 84 years fasting. I I don't think she was fasting. Like, I don't think she went 80 years or however long without eating a meal, I'm pretty sure. Um, so I, I think it's more like a regular thing that she did. Uh, most common, however, most common types of fast in the Bible, you'll find, are related to an event. They're occasional things. And there's all sorts of reasons. Um, but regular fasting was a thing. Uh, Luke chapter 18. I'll turn there real fast. Luke chapter 18. In verse 12 through 14, here's a man talking. Now, this man is is presented in the story as a guy who's not quite up to par with what Christ expects. And I want you to listen to this guy. A guy who Jesus says, you got a little ways to go. And this is what this guy says. I fast twice a week. Full stop. What? What? <laughs> that's not something I think I mean No. We're talking about intermittent fasting, right? That's hard stuff. That's like that's like pro level. Right? That, that's that's hard. That's hard stuff. I fast twice a week this is the uh, intermittent fasting right here in the Bible. I don't have the app, so I don't know. How long do you do it for? I'll read the Bible. Some were 40. Some did it for seven days. Some did it for three days. Some did it for one day. Some did it for part of a day. Not a lot of rules. I know a guy. I didn't know a guy. I know the guy's son. His son, who is now 90 years old, um baptized my mom, so I only know of a guy by the name of Mark Elliott. Mark Elliott was a professor in, um, at Cincinnati Bible College. And uh, my professor studied at least for a part of the time under him. So it was kind of like a lot of circles that intertwined. And he told us a story and, and I don't know what the, what the topic how fasting came up but in Bible college Bible this topic came up and he said he had an ulcer actually. And uh, and this is way, way back. They didn't have a lot of the medicines and stuff, and the prescription used to be, don't eat food for a long time. <laughs> then it goes away. Your, your body stops making all the acid because you're not used to your getting food, so your body says, okay, we're gonna turn this off. We don't need it. And then your body heals, and then you're good to go. It's a 40-day fast. His doctor prescribed it for us, a 40-day fast. He's like, the first couple of weeks, pretty rough. It was like, and then, and then you would go through like a thing where your body would suddenly turn on just in case, and so you'd get these massive hunger pains like once or twice a week. He's like, 40 days, day 40, I was feeling all right. Like, you know, and he had doctors checking on to make sure he could still get through. He went, so he finished 40 days, and he's like, I've been doing this for medical reasons, I want to do it for spiritual reasons. And so he went 30 more days. But that's not the record. The record's like 368. So, But that guy had fuel. We'll just say that. Um, what do I give up? I'm giving up Twinkies for Jesus. Listen. <laughs> give up twinkies for jesus need to give up twinkies for themselves <laughs> I'm just tell you, i say that because i don't like twinkies but uh, the word means to close the mouth that's what it means i'm just gonna throw that out there that's what the word means i don't know if god is like okay you're good i, I not a lot of rules how close do i want to be to god how do I want to express? See, it's not about rules. It's not about lists. It's about wanting to get close to God in an expression of worship. So what I want to spend time talking about is not that. That was the section. That was the optional section. Right? I want to talk about how to get close to God. And, uh, so I want to look at a couple of things. First of all, I want to look at our audience. And this is very tricky because we know who the audience is. right? The audience is God. And we went through this a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Zechariah. Let's go to the Old Testament here for a little bit. Zechariah. Right before Malachi, if you're looking for it, I think. Yes. I have to go through my whole. There we are. Uh, Zechariah chapter 7, and verse. Four and 5 Zechariah 7, 4 and 5 and in this section he's kind of criticizing them so we have to understand that if he's criticizing them then then what God wants is not what they're doing the word of the Lord of armies came to me ask all the people of the land and the prophets when you fasted and lamented in the 5th and 7th month, occasional fasts, for all of these 70 years did you really fast for me? What's the idea? Who is the audience? Who's the primary audience? We talked about primary and secondary audiences. Who's the primary audience? The primary audience, God is indicating, it's supposed to be for me. They had turned it into something else. But God was not on their mind primarily uh, in terms of who they directed this fast for. It's done to or for God. You don't get holy points, in other words, for doing the action. This is why I want to, I want to explain this, what, what, what this has to do with my fasting. <coughs> well, you know, I'm trying to lose weight. <coughs> I might as well get some extra points for fasting. <laughs> no. That's a fast for me. And it's very healthy for me if I'm doing that. But that's not a fast for God. He says, when you fasted, you did it for 70 years. You were very faithful. You did it in these months. They had monthly fasts, they had yearly fasts, they had all these different fasts that they did. Were you doing it to get close to me? God God wants a fast that says, I am dedicating this for you. That is getting close to God. It's a sacrifice. That's why we read Matthew chapter 6, and he says, listen, go into your room. It's done For you and God. It's between you. Let it be a thing. For you and God. That's that audience. But now wait a minute. Because we're going to turn to. Joel chapter 2. We're going to come back to Zechariah. Just so you're aware. Want to hold your place. Because that's one of those books. That's kind of hard to find. Joel chapter 2, just a little few pages before that. Joel chapter 2, verse 12. Even now, this is the Lord's declaration turn to me with your heart, with your fasting, with your weeping, and your mourning. Well, weeping and mourning on the list. Who knew? Tear your hearts, not just your clothes, and return to the Lord of your God, your Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in faithful love, and he relents from sending disaster. Go through the Old Testament, you're going to find that there are group fasts. Wait a minute, I thought it was between me and God. Well, there's times where it is. Go and look at the book of Jonah, where the whole town, the whole city fasts. There, there are public fasts, there are group fasts, then there's me and God fasts. All over, Because there's multiple audiences. Not, not that I fast to a person, but, but there's different settings. Maybe that's a better word. There's a, the, God is, I guess, always the, the, the audience. He's always the one that we're drawing close to, but there's different settings in which we do this. There's a setting where I'm in my personal space with God, and then there's, we're together in something. And it depends on the event and why there was those occasions. So let's go back and look at some of those reasons. So we're going to jump right back to Zechariah. And we're going to go to chapter 8. Zechariah chapter 8. And this is interesting. Um, These two pages like each other. Just a second. We'll find it here. Maybe not. There we go. Zechariah chapter eight and verse nineteen. <clears throat> this is the Lord of Armies says this: the fast of the fourth month and the fifth, the fast of the seventh, a bunch of these monthly fasts here, and the tenth will become times of joy, gladness, and cheerful festivals. For the house of Judah. Therefore love, truth, and peace. So, so one of the motivations, and I would see how this would be a group fast. right? And that's what it's addressed as. This is addressed as one of their official religious fasts. These are, these are official ones that the, they did together. And it's a time where, where everybody had something in common, something of worship uh, and thankfulness to God. When uh, a lot of people don't realize this, but um, our Thanksgiving, right? The, the Thanksgiving that we all participate with, uh, you know, the cranberry, that one, the Massachusetts one, is not the first Thanksgiving in the United States. Did you know that? The first one took place two years earlier. It was in Virginia, and they ate no food. I wonder. Why that one didn't catch on? <laughs> right? Probably the same reason fasting doesn't make the list. Someone in Massachusetts said, you know, this, this fasting thing would be a lot greater if we just added food. <laughs> and that one became popular. Amazing. Not really into the fasting thing. The prayer thing, I can that, that's okay. That's a, those quick ones and I can do that one. fasting that's a little bit harder. But thankfulness and joy is uh, one of the motivators. But it's not. When we read the scriptures, we're going to find that, that is one of the seldom causes for fasting. Matthew, or excuse me, Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2. And this kind of illustrates the primary motivator in terms of the emotion. Verse 18. This is kind of a confusing passage for some. We just kind of skip over it. Mark chapter 2, verse 18. John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting, and people came to him and asked them, Why do John's disciples and the Pharisees' disciples fast, but your disciples do not fast? Jesus said to him, The wedding guests cannot fast while the groom is with them, can they? As long as they have the groom with them, they cannot fast. The time will come when the groom will be taken away from them, then they will fast. No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, otherwise the patch pulls away from the old, and the worst hair is made. And... No one puts new wine in old wineskin, otherwise the wine skin bursts, and the wine is lost as well as the skins, and no new wine is put into the fresh wineskins. I read this passage, and I go, what does this have to do with that? This one confuses me. It's always confused me. I'm still not, I'm shaky in my explanation. I'm just going to put that out there. I'm going to do the best I can. They love lists. These men love lists. This is what you're supposed to pass. This was on their list. It was very important on their list. I mean, it was a, it was written into their code, and so so they got holy points, and that's why God had Christ had to say, "Listen, do this in private. You get more points if it's just you and God than than putting this out there for everyone to show you how great you are." Kind of like prayer and giving, and so he says. Uh, don't don't put these things that don't mesh these attitudes and things that don't mesh don't put them on this because you're going to ruin everything you're going to ruin this expression of worship by by putting this with attitudes that don't go and doing it in ways that you shouldn't your protocols that you think are so important. Are you supposed to do this? You have to do this. You have to do it this way at this time. He says, listen, there's going to come a time when they will just naturally do this. Because why? What's the motivation going to be? The motivation is going to be grief. And you will find in the scriptures that the primary motivation for fasting is not Thanksgiving. That's a good one. But grief is the number one. Go through. I think that's recognizable when, when we are deep grieving. We, I'm not really hungry. I mean, that's just a natural thing. And you move to the stage where you eat out of grief and that's a different stage altogether. Uh, but, but there's a stage of grief where, where you just, I'm not interested. Through the scriptures, and you'll find all sorts of reasons. So, we could preach till tomorrow on this. You'll find three primary ones three primary griefs is sin, number one, personal health, number two, and political danger. Those are the three big ones. So this is a country is coming down to attack us. Let's all pray. Let's all fast. Maybe God will listen to us. We have committed this great sin. Let us fast so that God doesn't come down and destroy us. Uh, I've got some great problems. Let I me mean, fast. Maybe God will Listen, my great grief. And they are petitions. That's the other thing about a fast is it is a petition. It's similar to prayer. It's maybe a part of prayer. Someone will say, well, we don't put it on the list because it's a part of prayer. Okay. But then why is singing on the list? Because a song is a prayer with musical notation. But they're separate. We put them on the list separately. Fasting's on the list. It's its own form of worship. It's its own expression of worship. Whatever you want to call it. It's its own thing. Acts chapter 13 verse 2 is another one. Acts 13 2. A little bit separate. This is not necessarily connected to grief. Grief is the number one. I think the second you'll find is this. Acts chapter 13 And, and this is actually repeated a couple of times in, in, within the same context here. Verse 2 says, As they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit set apart, for, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them. After they had fasted, prayed, laid hands on them, they sent them off. Then mentioned with context of worship for direction. And they all did it. It was a group, another group thing. Not individual, not by myself. That's interesting. Well, they wanted direction, and then you're going to see them go through, and they're going to start setting up elders, and every time they do, they fast as a group. And then they set up elders in all these different locations, just the same. And so, so they were looking for direction. They were looking for God's answer, but specifically in how to please God. We, we, we don't want to mess this up, God. We want to make the right decisions on your behalf. And we want to show that we're trying to be as close to you as we possibly can in doing these things. We, we, we're not making up just doing this as we want. We want this to look like what you want. And we're submitting. It's a thing of humility. So, so we're seeing different methods and different places and, and all the different things about it. But as we do, we see the different attitudes. It's, it's now it's humility. It's sacrifice and all these different aspects of fasting but I want to finish with this uh, Isaiah 58 I did not put the book name but there are fortunately very few books with 58 chapters so I believe that's Isaiah 58. Yes. 58, verse 1. He says, cry out loud, don't hold back, raise your voice like a trumpet. Tell my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sins. They seek me day after day and delight to know my ways. Now listen to this. This is a group of people that are about to get punished by God. By getting taken into a different country as slaves for 70 years. That's, that's this group of people that we go, these are awful people. Now, listen to the description of these people. And this is kind of like that, that guy that, God, that Jesus said, He's not enough. And I'm like, Well, he's doing more than I'm doing. Because I'm not fasting twice a week. I'm like, where am I? Listen to this group of people, they're fasting. They seek me day after day and delight to know my ways. That's a good description of people and this description is of a group of people that says you're going into slavery. What? They seek me day after day. They're doing something right. They, these are not the heathen looking people that you think they are. They are the we're going to church every day people. Wow. Like a nation that does what is right. They are like a nation that does what is right. I'm not seeing the problem here. They don't abandon the justice of their God. Um, This is a good country. They ask me for righteous judgments. Wow. They delight in the nearness of God. That's what we're talking about. Getting closer to God. I mean if you said let let's establish the ideal church, I would begin with isaiah fifty eight two i think I think that would be like a this is like this this is what we want to model ourselves after. This is the group of people that god says i'm going to punish you now. Why have we fasted but you haven't seen we've denied ourselves humility you haven't noticed God look You do as you please on the day of your fast, and you oppress all of your workers. You fast with contention and strife, to strike viciously with your fist. You cannot fast as you do today, hoping to make your voice heard on high. Will the fast I choose be like this? A day for a person to deny himself, to bow his head, and to spread out sackcloth and ashes? You're going to call that a fast? And acceptable to the Lord? Isn't this the fast that I choose to break the chains of wickedness, to untie the ropes of the yoke and to set the oppressed free and to tear off every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with hungry and to bring the poor and the homeless into your house and to clothe the naked when you see them and not to ignore your own flesh and blood? Then your light will appear like the dawn and your recovery will come quickly. Your righteousness will go before you and the Lord's glory will be your rear guard. That is the fast of the Lord. And that is why we go from verse 2 to go punished, because because it was a list thing. It was, we're going to do all the words associated with it. We're going to do all the forms with it. We're going to break it down to the protocols. We're going to do all of the right things. And then we're going to walk out the door and live like I want to. God says, I can't hear you. Your actions are talking too loud. What you do during the week with your employees and all whatever doesn't match what you're doing in the temple. I want you to really get close to me. See, they were close to him in their forms, but their worship did not extend outside of their group. They separated it. They had worship starts and worship ends. That mentality said, I'll see you at 70. God wants us to have a life of worship, a life of all these things and to get close. Not if, but when. We do need to start now. We need to pick something that is important to us individually, on my own, and fast. And we need, as a church, to start looking at things that grieve us as churches, as spiritual people, fasting for God. Not a garnish. We need to do it. When the peace <laughs> like a river.